It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Lucas Moore. Big show, big show, big show. Super excited for the sports fan on a Monday. It's, it's weird being excited for things on a Monday. I'll tell you that much. You know, you wake up and you're like, man, going to get in the studio today. We're going to get a big, big interview in. We're going to get some discussion going. Big, hyped sports fan today. I'll tell you why in just a second. I'm Lucas Moore sitting alongside me in studio today. Ryan Boyd and Troy Bolin. Ryan, Troy, how you guys doing? We got a big, big show. I had to make sure I was here just for that reason. I was, you know, I was running late. I had a lot of work today. Um, I, I was thinking, man, those two guys can probably handle it. But no, I had to be here. I'm excited. I love it. I love it. Ryan Boyd in studio. Troy, we've, we've been thinking about this uh, interview for three or four or five days. So we're, we're ready to go. We're, we're excited for it. We're ready to discuss and, and finally answer some questions that you and I have had. Yeah, I always really appreciate when <clears throat> we can get officials, uh, when we get coaches, um, anybody with some real insight into any kind of discussion that we might stumble upon. And, of course, with the divisional realignment and, um, well, regional realignment and, and divisions that they set up a couple weeks ago in the Ohio High School Football Association. Uh, great topic, and it would be really nice to uh, to hear some some really good insight into that subject. And we have the perfect man for the insight in that subject. We won't hold off any longer. Joining us today on the program is Mr. Bo Rugg. The thir- he's in his third season as the Senior Director of Officiating of the OHSA. That's a big boy title. Oh, and also Director of Sport Management of the OHSA. Bo, thank you so much for joining us on the show. We're excited to have you on the program. lot to get into today, so uh, we hope you brought a glass of water with you. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. and uh, Yeah, I do. I have some... Arnold Palmer right next to me. Arnold Palmer, even better than a little bit of water. Well, Bo, let's start off by asking you, how involved were you in the process of creating the regions? You know, it's been a change for the state. You guys moved to an every-year system. You're redesigning these regions, and you're trying to, to figure out how the playoff system should work through the seven divisions. How involved were you in that process? And could you just take us through how that process is done at the OHSA offices? Absolutely. Yeah. As the sport administrator for football, um, it's my responsibility to, uh, to, uh, create and draw the regions every year, um, and, uh, administer the tournament and, and write the regulations, the, both the regular season regulations and tournament regulations. So, um, from an involvement standpoint, it's really all on my plate. Uh, the, the process is, is really, um, has changed in in my seven years at the OHSAA. It it's changed in that, um, you know, as you said, it, when it happens every year, and competitive balance changes the divisions every year. So, in other words, um, in one division, I think there were eight teams that left it, and eight teams, that, different teams that came in. So that's sixteen different teams in a division. And all around the state. So what that does is that changes the clusters of schools, and that's what it's all about when you're drawing regions. So let's start out, and and how I've explained it. When I whenever I get questions, I always say, really the 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 same message because it's the only message of if you've got 106 teams in a division, uh, you're going to have uh, I think that's three 27s and a 26 something like that, uh, because the first thing you, you, you have to do is divide the regions equally. There's no coach in the state wants to say, well, I'm going to be one of eight teams to make the playoffs, and i got 35 teams in my region, and the region next to me has only got 20. That, that we can't happen. It, we have to divide the regions equally so everybody has an equal chance, yeah. um, you know, statistically, to make the playoffs. So... I look at the map, and we literally put pins in a map representing every school in that division. So i got seven different maps in my office. I put the pins in, and, and now we have those maps online. You can look at the pins. And um, and then 
the first thing I do is really look at, okay, I got 106, let's say, so let's go to 53. And, and 53, do I divide the state horizontally or do I divide it vertically? Most of the time, horizontally works, um, but I had one division, can't remember which one it was right now offhand, that I had to go vertically because well, when I tried to go horizontally, I went. We'll say that that is that is division six. Um, that uh, is, uh, uh, division six vertically. Yes, oh, there it is. Um, Thank the, you. Yes, division six is the one. Go ahead, continue. And uh, because if I go horizontally, and you you know Columbus is is kind of mid, so it's uh, a lot of times Columbus is south, and a lot of times Columbus is divided both. But you know you get fifty three south and fifty three north. And then you just try to figure it out from there, going to your 27s and 26s. Uh, if it's vertically, it's the same thing. You're just going east and west. And then once you look at that is you've got to look at the clusters of schools. If you if you have a Division One map in front of you, you see that's a strange one because it's like an S-curve, you know, down through Cincinnati, Dayton, Columbus, Cleveland, and then you, you dot – two or three in four or five, whatever it is, in Toledo. So that's that's a weird one uh, of clusters, whereas the bigger divisions, Division Six being one of them, it's you got them all over the place. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Division Six is um, a, a big one for... Uh, a bunch of schools in the northwest. Yes, a lot of it's 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 mainly centered in the north at northwest central part of the state, and then I think northeast is the next most populous, and then the southwest and southeast are a little more sparse. Although there's there's still quite a few schools in the southern part of the state in D six. Right. Um, yeah, I just pulled up my map and pulled up my string and everything right now um, on my computer. So yeah, and and so when you get. A place like the Northwest, where if you, the whole quadrant, there's more than 27. So, okay, some of those are going somewhere else. So, how do I cluster that? And then you look and see if you have some tight clusters, which you do uh, around um, looks like Youngstown and um, and a little bit down in Hamilton County, down in the Southwest. But this is a spread out division. Bottom line, it's a spread out division, and um, the 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 region in the southwest part of the state is what I would term, um, for lack of a better term, a good region. What does that mean? Well, square footage wise, uh, square mileage wise, I should say, it's pretty good. It's not too bad. The one school we but, have right but, on, is Tip of Ohio. Bo, could I just stop you for one second because I want to clarify something. Yeah. So when you're sitting in the office and you're drawing the map, what do you consider uh-huh. in terms of region space? Are you looking at square mileage or are you looking at distance from each school or are you looking at drive times? What exactly were you looking at when you were making these regions? Well, you're, you're looking at the, the number of schools. So... Um, but in terms the, of, you said it's a good region. You said it's a good area for the region in terms of that's square the, mileage. That's the end re- yeah, that's the end result. The end result is I got 27 schools, 26 or 27. I don't know which which one that is. I have one 26. But um, I got 27 schools that the square mileage is good, uh, whereas in others, you, you just can't get there. It's so spread out, you can't get there. And so you do the best you can to divide it to where you can um, make it as um, uh, regionally condensed as possible. But again, when they're spread out as much as, and this this one this is a good one to say that about, uh, as much as they are, it it is what it is. How do I get to twenty seven and um, and get four twenty sevens? And, and and you know you just you you draw the lines you you figure out the best way to get there to um, to have the uh, most condensed uh, I don't know if that's a good term but most condensed regions you can uh, and what happens is um, the perfect example is 
in this region, if you look at the southeast, you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Um, my map's not very big, so I can't see it. But, but you got it's about seven like, or eight. Yeah, it's about like almost eleven in the southeast in Division Six, I believe, if I remember yeah. correctly. And and they're so they're outliers. They got to go somewhere. I mean, I got to go somewhere with them. And um, and so, do you take them? And other divisions I look at, do I take them? Uh, you know, what do I have in the central? Because a lot of times the central can can come down there, and you have them. Well, again, if if you look at the southwest region there, uh, it's you got that twenty seven. They're right there. The lines are easy to draw there. It's they're they're clustered and they're there, and so. You're not going to go that way with them, so now you got to go north. And do you go straight north, or do you go northeast? And again, you got that cluster way to the right um, in the northeast, and that's that's what happens in almost every division. You'll see one region like this region that you have a cluster of teams, and then you got that eight, ten, eleven, or whatever that are spread out in a big area. And they got to go there, and that makes a big region. Yeah, and and if if, if you look at two through, um, actually even one through seven, because one we have a, a really big one because of those uh, Toledo teams. But in every region, I'm sorry, in every division, you'll see a region where wow, I just we, we had to reach because we had some what well, I call them um, ones that are lying out there and spread out and nowhere to go with them. Yeah, I actually, when when we looked at Division Six Region 21 in particular, uh, I followed basically your map that was on page four of the Ohio High School Handbook, which is basically your district map. And I, and I know this is a regional sport, and I understand that. I just used your lines. And I mm-hmm. came up with almost a perfect division of 26 in the southwest, 26 in the central, southeast, and east, 27 in the northwest, 27 in the northeast, which is basically how 623 had always been drawn up. Previously, it was Division 5, Region 19. And I, that's a, I came up with it perfectly. They just went along the lines pretty much where you basically divided the state into four corners, and it came up perfectly, 27, 27, 26, and 26. So I think the question really was, why would you deviate from a plan of four corners when, in fact, you kind of did that in 3, 4, 5, and 7 but for some reason, six, you didn't follow that kind of left-hand corner, right-hand corner, bottom corner, bottom corner, uh, when actually the numbers supported it to do it. Well, the numbers don't support it, though, in the bottom right corner. Bottom right corner, I've got 11 schools. Well, but, I, no, but, I know the on, central, the east, and the southeast combined is the corner, and it makes 26. Time out. I see our confusion point right now, and, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and address it. I think that... In terms of, Troy, can I see your map right here? So the map Troy uh, drew, Bo, I'm going to go ahead and, do you have your map in front of you? Because I really want to draw this out for mm-hmm. the audience as well. Um, because I don't yeah. want to get lost in minutiae here, and that's where we're about to go. So the Northwest District, that Northwest region that Troy is talking about, starts at Van Wert County, which is the okay. fourth county down from the top of the state. And it goes east across the state, all the way to Richland County, and then up the state. And there are 27 mm-hmm. schools that fit within that northeast quadrant. Then if we go from Erie County at the north of the state and we go east all the way to the border of the state in the top right corner to Ashtabula County and then come down to Columbiana and across back to Ashland, that's the northeast quadrant and there are 27 schools that fit in there. Now, the biggest region of the state, which is 26 schools, starts in Marion County in the center near Columbus, goes to the east mm-hmm. to Jefferson all the way down the river to Scioto County, and then back up. And then with Logan, Champaign, Clark, the border of that southwest region, and there are 26 that fit in the southwest and 26 that fit in the southeast. Now, what I've heard you say, and please clarify me if I am incorrect, what I heard you say is that you were looking at the square mileage of the region. And I'll be honest, Troy's map here, square mileage-wise, is not very even. But the reason we think that this version of the map is better <coughs> is just for simple <clears throat> excuse me is just for simple first round drive times. So currently in region 21 from Nelsonville to Zorville, which is the furthest south down state before you get into the northeast region of the state, from Nelsonville to Zorville, which Nelsonville's here in Athens County, is 2 hours and 22 minutes. 
17 of the remaining 24 teams in Region 21 are longer drive times for Nelsonville than 2 hours and 22 minutes. And Troy and I did the math. With his map, the furthest drive times in the state for a first-round playoff game of any possible combination of any two teams in the state is 2 hours and 45 minutes, while right now in the Southeast Quadrant, a majority of the drive times that Nelson York would face or the teams from the Northeast would face coming down here to the Southeast are above three hours. So our point is we drew the regions based on what's going to make the first round drive times easiest. And I think that you, Mr. Rugg, drew those regions based on square mileage. Am I wrong here? I don't draw the regions based on square mileage. I draw the regions based on a cluster of teams and schools and um, and dividing them up. Well, but it's just but I think we uh, well then we'll be honest then we think you made a mistake in drawing these regions. If first round drive times are an important factor to these, which we find that they are because first round drive times for the OHSA, they improve first round ticket gates, they improve passion uh, for the football teams, they encourage um close regional rivalries like Nelson York and Trimble or other schools in the Southeast region. So that that's the point that we're making is that we think you made a mistake in drawing the state vertically. And I see how you could definitely do that. I definitely see your point that there are not a lot of teams in the Southeast part of the state. I 100% see your point and that there's a more cluster here and you had to put those teams somewhere. But I think that if you would have followed the past model that you did for the past two years, that you would have come up with regions that were very even, as Troy Boland sat down and did, and it, it you know, he sat down and did it over a, a, an evening. Um, we think that it would have been better and more fair for everybody in terms of drive times. Um, now, in terms of competitive balance and stuff, you could maybe get into discussions that maybe they shouldn't be drawn this way, but the way you're talking, competitive balance wasn't at all a factor in determining these regions, was it? No, competitive balance is just a factor of how many you have in the division. So there was no rearranging the regions with any type of idea of, oh, this team is going to make the playoffs. There's a lot of good teams in this no. region. Maybe we split. You, you it. have no idea every year who's going to make playoffs. Okay, that's fair. We just wanted to clarify that point to make sure that that wasn't a determining factor because we agree that it should be how the state is drawn. Um, and that's basically our point with this entire interview, Bo. And, and the next question I have. Um, for you is is this you know, I know it's early to look at next year but are you considering drawing it differently if we come up with the same teams next year for Division 6 or do, is this the plan for Division 6 moving forward if you continue to get a cluster like this in the southeast region of the state where there's only 11 teams that are directly in this area um, you know we don't get the same teams uh, every year and that's that's been that's been the only constant uh, since competitive balance has come in. It's different every year, so it's a it's an it's an open look every year of of what we have, and and I just look at the at the at the pins on the map, and um, I'm still trying to figure out how you how you can possibly draw it um, in in quadrants with the number of schools we have, but. Uh, your your northern your well, northern quadrant is is just different. Well, but. well, Mr. Rugg, I will tell you what we can do. We can uh, we will email you Troy Boland's uh, region, um, just so that you can see it in front of you. Because I, I don't want you confused or thinking that we're misleading you here. And we we honestly wanted we honestly sat down and wanted to draw these regions um, and, and just try to figure this out. And, and the reason that we do this, it's a positive thing for the OHSA. It's because our fans, the listeners of this program, coaches from around the area, they were very, very upset with how these regions were drawn, specifically in Division Six, Region 21. Now, it's not the fault of you or the OHSA that Trimble, based on the OHSA's rules, who Trimble was in the state championship last year, Moved from Division Six, from Division Seven, where they would have been sitting easily in Division Seven, Region Twenty Seven, to Division Six. That was a heartbreaker, but that's the fault of nobody. What our f- argument is is that the Trimble Tomcats—they are a staple 
of Southeast Ohio football, a staple of Athens County small school football. They've got a couple thousand fans that make out their way to Gloucester Stadium for some of these games. It's an incredible atmosphere, and they have hosted a playoff game for the last seven years, and the reason they've done that is because they are so dominant in this part of the state. And because of the way that these regions have been redrawn, there is almost no reasonable way that Trimble can host a playoff game based on playoff points this year. It's honestly might not even be in the cards if they run the table and go 9-0. and They haven't been able to fill that 10th week. If they go 9-0, and there's a real chance that they won't be hosting a playoff game for the 8th straight year, that classic Week 11 football game at Gloucester Memorial Stadium. And the reason we wanted to bring you on the program, and I just wanted to explain this, was that these fans are very, very upset with how these regions were drawn because it takes away what's become over the past 10 years and over the past 25 under Coach Phil Ferris, a week 11 November staple, which is well, not November, early October staple, which is Trimble playing at home in the playoffs. And now because of this regional map, the way it's drawn, even though if it would have been done in the past, we would have been able to fit the teams in. Now Trimble is not going to have that opportunity come week 11. And that's, that's, that's where the rub comes from from southeast ohio that's why we were so upset that's why we still have a lot of people that are tuning in to this very interview that just wanted some answers i'm confused on how you think uh it's impossible for them to host well okay well, that, so that's that's a irrelevant thing you're right they nine and oh there's there's a good chance they host so that's kind of a, a moot point uh they could very well host um that's Definitely in the cards, as it is for Nelsonville, York, and whoever else, really, in the region. If anybody goes 9-0, 10-0. So I think the angst, I think, came, Bo, was um, if they host, I don't think the teams up in Trumbull County are going to really like driving three and a half hours to Gloucester. And I don't think if Gloucester and Nelsonville, York are on the road, aren't really happy about possibly going to Ashtabula, which is clear up in the far right-hand corner of the state. And I think when you when you do that, and you expanded this thing so long of a region, uh, you evaporated a, a lot of the good rivalries that took place in this region over the years. What was formerly Division Five, Region Nineteen, now so we used to be uh, Division. Now it's well, Six Twenty Three, which was last year. And and it seems to me, even in basketball, baseball, it's always Central Southeast East in Division Three, Four, Five, Seven. This year in football, it's Central Southeast East. And over the course of time, you develop a lot of good rivalries with playoff sports and tournament sports. And you kind of took that away by putting some of these teams now, well, you split a lot of them to the 24 region, Colgrove and teams like that will have to go clear up to Cincinnati. And then the rest of us will be going up to places that we've never heard of, schools we've never been to. Some of these people have never driven to that part of the state. And I think that's, I think probably was the most difficult part to swallow. Okay. Well, I mean, if, if this is where if this is where it's going to come to a standstill, Bo, that's fine. And I think that we both made our points. We'd like to keep you on for the other side of the break because you are the senior director of officiating, and we still got a lot of questions about high school football this fall in terms of some rule changes and officiating. So we'd love if you could stay on the program through the break. Sure, happy to. Awesome. Thank you, Bo. Bo Rugg will be joining us on the other side of the break to discuss some of the officiating changes in the OHSA this fall. This is The Sports Fan on 97 WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Buy the Reds Pick 6 Plan, presented by McDonald's, and receive an exclusive oversized Joey Votto bobblehead. You can pick any six games, including fireworks Fridays and bobblehead Saturdays, while saving up to 25%. Plus, you get six McDonald's Extra Value Meal Vouchers. Be a part of the historic 150th anniversary season by purchasing the Reds Pick 6 Plan. Get yours today at reds.com slash 150. 
looking for a cold beer and a place to cool off? Come take a visit to Mel's Roadhouse, where all are welcome any day of the week. Stop in, kick your feet up, and relax with buckets of beer, a game of pool, and great people. Speaking of pool, try your luck against the other pool sharks in town at the weekly pool tournaments. Or if whaling out of tune is more your game, Mel's even has karaoke nights. Head out to Old 550 for Mel's Roadhouse, a go-to good time. Fairhope celebrates life. If you're facing an end-of-life situation, Fairhope Hospice and Palliative Care. It is never too soon to call. Fairhope is here to listen. You don't have to face it alone. Fairhope cares for your loved one where they live. Or, during times of stress, the Pickering House is a serene setting providing relief for the patient. To learn more about Fairhope's care from the heart, please call 1-800-994-7077. Fairhope Hospice, we celebrate life. Some doctors and caregivers tend to give lectures, but at Ohio Health, we believe in listening more than we talk and see ourselves as partners in your health, not prescribers. We believe your greatest source of strength is already within you. Because at Ohio Health, we believe in your power to be healthy. Discover your best health at ohiohealth.com slash we believe. Dales, Valero, and Uptown Athens has all your needs covered, whether it be gas or a snack, but especially beer. Come check out the revolutionary new Beer Garage with over 200 new types of beer and an expanded craft beer selection. Mm, beer. Dale says, if you think a cave is cold, wait until you step into our garage. Dales Valero is open early and open late, so come on by to Dales Valero in Uptown Athens. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Welcome back into the program, 97, 970, 97.1. Those of you listening on the app, hi there, welcome. Uh, just some news that I wanted to bring to you guys. You want to go ahead and follow us on Facebook, WXDQ Sports. We post previews for interviews. We will post episodes of this program in podcast form. You can check out our podcast on Spotify as well. as also anchor.fm, search as sportsfan 97 W-A-T-H. We're trying to get that podcast out as much as possible. This one will 100% be posted probably about 15 minutes after the show. If you didn't catch the beginning of our conversation with the head of officiating of the OHSA, Bo Rugg, he's joining Ryan Boy, Troy Bolin, and I in studios. Bo, in terms of officials, there's a story that we continuously keep reading in the news, and it's the first question I want to ask you. And the reason it's the first question I want to ask you is because it's the hardest, and then we're going to get gradually easier from here. We know it hasn't been the kindest and easiest of interviews. It's a very tough job and a tough subject that you have to cover. So the, the tough one is the official shortage. It has been a problem in a lot of, a lot of sports for the OHSAA, and that's come from... Problems with low pay, some people say. Problems with fans and parents in the stands. What is your plan? What is your initiative as the Senior Director of Officiating to address the, you know, scary shortage of officials, qualified officials in the state? Well, there's several different um, avenues we're going down. Two years ago, we had two schools in Ohio that offered um, officiating as part of their curricula, two high schools. Um, last year we had just over 20. Um, if every school that uh, has inquired about doing this does it next year, we'll have over 100. So our initial push starting three years ago was we want to get uh, what I call the 96%. The 96% of those athletes that play sports in our Ohio high schools that do not play at the next level we want to keep them involved in the sport. So that uh, has risen dramatically, and that's successful, and that's a good thing. However, that is uh, an initial push at one level. The, the next level we have to look at are those uh, people that are, um, I say, older, middle-aged, uh, vested in the sport, 
and we would like to get them involved in the sport uh, because with their maturity level and age, they probably can progress fast. Um, and that's really a lot of the people that in that uh, 30 to 50 range that uh, their kids are playing, the kids have just stopped playing, they, they're fans, uh, they go to it. We'd like to get more of them involved. Um, I really, I ha- actually had a coach at a, a um, football league meeting come up to me and say, you know, we meet with our parents every season uh, and talk to them before the season. I want to mention this as something they should get involved in. I said, it's great. Um, uh, so we have to get people that are uh, talking to um, vested people, people that either are vested because they're watching someone they know play, they're just vested in the sport, they love the sport, we need to get them involved. And so those are the two prongs that that we're looking at as far as getting new people involved. The other thing that we have to look at um, and that we are looking at is the fact that we have um, a number of people that get involved and they attrition out um, quickly, yeah. Um, our retention rate, and and there's two types of retention uh, issues. The first one is um, the issues of I'm a new official. It's my first time, and I have a bad experience for whatever reason. For the reason of um, we, we, you know, I'm doing a middle school game, and it's you know the expectations are too high. For uh, from parents, from coaches, uh, because middle school athletics should be developmental for everybody, for the players, for the coaches, and for the officials. And that's the mentality that we have to have to make sure we have a better experience at those levels. Now, I say that, and, and the fact of a lot of the bad experiences aren't coming from our games. Our environment, and this is something we have to sell better, is our environment, the school environment, is the best environment. You have more support. You have school administrators. You have people that are are more supportive than you have in the recreational environment and those types of things. So getting people to come to our environment is a better thing. So that's the, the initial retention group the other retention group are those people that are in it five years six years seven years and they love it they like doing it they um are solid they do a nice job but we're not they're not getting the success they want in getting sectional and district type contests in those uh, sports that we have sectional and districts which is every sport but uh lacrosse and football so um, uh, I have some great successes in some of our districts, and I'm working hard with our districts. I had a long conversation with them just two weeks ago at our all-district board meetings of what I call broadening the base. And I'm going to use an example, two examples. Number one, um, Central Ohio in basketball, uh, when the assigner for uh, district basketball started five years ago, there were 80 different officials that worked. This past year, there were 190 different officials that worked sectional games. That's incredible. Uh, broadening the base, giving people that experience. This past year, uh, through great leadership from the Southeast District Board uh, and some um, longtime officials in the Southeast, they broadened the base and increased the number of people that worked sectional games by 40 percent wow Um, shouts to the southeast district yeah and those are those are the successes that we we have to have around the state for that group to retain more of them we don't want to lose them especially people that have done it four and five years you don't want to lose them they're just starting to get uh get pretty good so um those are the the kind of the, the the different factors that we're working on um we upticked a little bit this year um, in total officials, and that's good. Um, and we've upticked a little bit two of the last three years. Again, that's good. 
Uh, I can't say that's bad, but we still have some sports that are that are difficult, and uh, soccer being one of them. Soccer's a, a really difficult one. Um, I'm not sure um, what to do in baseball and softball, only because you know when the season starts and all the schedules are out, everything looks great. Then it rains, and then everybody's got games every day, and I, I don't know what you do to have enough to to, to fill that. Um, but, but, you know, that's part of it is my, uh, um, softball director of fishing development probably does as good a job as anybody is recruiting from all over the state. Uh, and, uh, and so it's, you know, it's about bringing as many people in and giving them good experiences and keeping them. So, um, it's not rocket science, but it's, uh, it's a lot of work and a lot of people are working hard on it. And I will say our schools. Our member schools have said, how can we help? And uh, and they have really stepped up to help. Yeah, I, um, I'm i not going to pretend to be an expert in the officiating field. That's why I just like to sit back and listen to you talk. Uh, I know we got some good ones in the Southeast District. Uh, I see a lot of guys out there that, that I know that are very good. Uh, Matt Orn, I feel like, is a really good official. Marcus Thompson. Of course, uh, you know, we got uh, Kevin Swartzel a, a great official. The legend. The legend, mm-hmm. Kevin Swartzel. I'm a big fan of Johnny Evans. I think he does a good job. But here's, a, here's the thing that I did run into. You sure Johnny's doing a good job? Uh, he's a great official. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I'm out at baseball games. We do baseball games on the radio as well, and I park my car over by the umpires. <clears throat> and I always like to give them a shout-out on the radio, find out who they are, and I talk to them a little bit. And uh, one of the guys this year, um, I asked him a question. I think we have an assigner, Athens does. And, uh, you know, he brought up a point to me that he feels like the assigner, uh, kind of in a like a good old boy system, has the, his favorites that he kind of assigns to all the schools. And he felt this one individual that I was talking to felt like he was, you know, getting the shaft because the assigner was giving all the games to, to guys that he was, you know, quote, friends with. Uh, so how do you kind of address maybe that issue, or even is it an issue? I'm not, like I said, I'm not an expert, but, you know, it kind of caught my ear a little bit, and, and, and I could see where that could happen. Yeah, I mean, we have to look at those types of issues uh, as they come to us. Um, you know, what we assign are tournaments, and then we have a network of, uh, I say we, there's a network of assigners uh, out in the state for regular season that the schools hire. Um, we do make them go through a certification program, and that's to protect officials against um, things like uh, age discrimination and, and forcing them to, to join an association to get games and things like that that we don't want. Uh, you can join any association in the state, and you're really a member of every association. And and uh, we want our assigners, and and all good assigners do this. They go a wide range and get a wide range of people all over the place, and uh, and, and that's good. Um, so, yeah, you, you have to look at those instances where you have, and and I get them. Uh, people will say this assigner has done this. If they've done something that's against our regulations then we'll deal with it. Um, but the fact of the matter is this, whether it's a school that assigns, because our schools can self-assign, whether it's a school or an assigner that's assigning, they may assign who they wish. They're the ones that make those decisions, and um, it's you know based on their criteria. A lot of times it's based on if, if it's a assigner that has a group of schools, it's based on what the schools want. And um, oftentimes you can get people that say, well, they're assigning this person because they like them. You know, possibly they're assigning them because the schools like them. The schools like the job they do. Um, it's market-based. If you do a great job, you get assigned. I don't know any good official yeah. that doesn't get plenty of games. Well, Bo, our last question for you, this is a question that you often hear asked of Dean Blandino and, and fellows of that character. So, 
if if there was one rule of emphasis that you had to say you're going to tell your officials heading into the football season this fall, one rule that might be different or more enforced than previous years that you're really trying to emphasize at the OHSA, what is that rule and can you give our fans the explanation of that rule so that they're not so, so upset about it? They're going to be upset, but not so, so upset about it uh, come the fall. Uh, good question. Really good question. I, I you know, um, I try to base our points of emphasis, and that's what what I do. I, I base our points of emphasis on um, information that I get from our coaches, and um, information I get from our officials, and then anything that comes my way uh, that I think, wow, this needs to be addressed. So, all that being said, it's hard to say one rule. Um, you know, from a safety aspect, we've had it um, the last couple of years. We've really emphasized high hits as that as the targeting redefinition came in three or four years ago, um, and um, and and you know we're doing very well on that. Um, the the newest rule that's out there that is um, that affects both how coaches coach and how officials officiate is the blindside block rule. No question about it. Um, the, the, the whole thing about blindside blocking is uh, if you're, a, uh, as by definition, if you're blocking someone, and this is, and I know this is, uh, some of this is technical terms, outside the free blocking zone, that's just the line of scrimmage, so don't worry about that whole term. But, you know, in the open field, basically, if you're blocking someone in, and they do not have a reasonable attempt, a uh, reasonable ability to see you coming. In other words, you're coming from the side. They're focused on something else. Um, the rule is you have to initiate contact with open hands. So, in other words, what we're trying to take out of that thing is the torpedo-like blasting them with your shoulder to their chest and quote-unquote, blowing them up. And you see those hard blocks, and and some people, and, and it used to be, and it's getting better, but it used to be that's where everybody was jumping up and down after you had that hard block because that was great, and that kid's lying on the ground. Um, and that's why those rules have come in. But it's been a transition. The first year of it was last year, and we'll transition and get better as we go. Um my whole thing, and I sit on the National Rules Committee, was to say, hey, that person that's chasing that ball carrier needs to be able to be blocked. So how do we have them block them legally without saying you can't block them? That's not right. And that was how the open hand technique came in. Yeah, so, and you can still um, hit somebody hard with open hands. that big blow-up block, um, that fans can say, hey, did they lead with their open hands? And it was legal. Even though it was hard, it was legal. Or did they fly at him like a torpedo and blow him up? No, I, I think that's. I think that was one of the better rule changes you guys have made in terms of the high school level. Whether that's a rule change that the collegiate slash NFL level takes, that's a discussion for a different day. But I think when you're dealing with kids fourteen mm-hmm. to eighteen, and you guys officiate middle school games too, I think the open hand blindside block rule. Um, I, I really, really like that change. And just to confirm with you, um, before play-by-play starts this season, and to confirm with our fans, the ruling for that penalty, if it's a blindside block, just real quickly, could you give us the signal that officials are going to give? I believe it's the two fists coming together. And then what's the enforcement of that penalty? It is the two fists. Good for you for knowing that, because that was a one that no one knew last year was new. It is the two fists coming together. It's a 15-yard penalty. And that would be um, what we call an all-but-one principle enforcement. So, in other words, it will be uh, the basic spot of that foul will be the uh, most of the time it's the end of the run, so where the person's tackled. And then if the foul uh, was by the offense, which it usually is because it's the person running with the ball, you're trying to block the person against it, it's going to go, if it, that's behind the basic spot, it's going to go from the spot of the foul. And, you know, I would say almost always it's going to be from the spot of the foul because uh, of, of the all but one principle. Uh, that person's going to be further down the field. The spot of the foul is behind it, so you're going to go from the spot of the foul. So it'll be, I, I would venture to say I can't think of one that hasn't been from the spot of the foul. So 
um, that's that's what they should look for. Well, Bo, we really appreciate you joining us on the program. I thought it was a fantastic interview, and I could get all nerdy about the official hand signals and stuff, but we don't unfortunately don't have any time to get into that. But <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on the Sports Fan. We really appreciate it, and uh, best of luck dealing with all the problems I'm sure are going to come through your office this fall. Uh, there's, the problems are minuscule uh, compared to all the greatness about high school football, so happy to be on anytime you want me. Love you, Bo. Thank you. That was Bo Rugg joining us on the program. Troy, Ryan, and I are going to break down some of that interview, get our final thoughts out before the end of the show when we return. This is the Sports Fan on 97 WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. At AT AT&T, we believe that access to affordable home internet brings you incredible opportunities. You can enjoy the power to explore a digital world of possibilities and connect with family, friends, and the things that matter most. That's why there's access from AT&T. If a member of your household is a SNAP participant, you may qualify for home internet at a discounted rate of $10 a month or less. No commitment, no deposit, no installation fee. Plus, get an in-home Wi-Fi gateway included at no extra cost. Call 1-855-220-5211 or visit att.com slash access now to learn more. SNAP refers to the Federal Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. Pricing excludes taxes and fees. Includes one terabyte of data per month. Data overage charges apply. For details about data allowance, go to att.com slash internet dash usage. Geographic and service restrictions apply. Stop by and enjoy the wonderful atmosphere of the expanded Bunch of Grapes Tavern and Cutler's Restaurant at the Ohio University Inn. Enjoy weekly specials like Prime Rib Sundays, Martini Mondays, Italian Tuesdays, and Wine Down Wednesdays. In addition to award-winning dining, the Ohio University Inn offers rooms with amenities such as free Wi-Fi, pet-friendly rooms, and a 24-hour fitness center. Come visit the Gateway to Ohio University, the Ohio University Inn, located at 331 Richland Avenue in Athens. White Snow's here to put some spring in your step. Great spring items now in stock, including the best selection of garden seeds around, early veggie plants, seed potatoes and onion sets, cactus and succulents, cheap chicks and ducklings, planters, fertilizers, and the most awesome gift store and a 200-year-old mill you ever did see. Come see why we were named the 2018 John Sparhawk Small Business of the Year and the A News Reader's Choice for Best Place for Unique Items, Hard-to-Find Items, and the Best Customer Service. White's Mill, your local source for over 200 years. Live and local, the sports fan on 970 WATH. Troy likes this bumper right here. It's classic. What were you? What type of pants were you wearing listening to this song? <laughs> <laughs> That's the real question. I didn't listen to this kind of music, man. I was a, oh, I, was, I know you did. You were howling at the moon in whatever car you I were was driving. A Guns and Roses guy. I was a Metallica guy. Did you have long hair? Probably blowing in the wind. No, never had long hair. I became a, a Pearl Jam guy, grunge type guy, but never grew the hair long. You should have. No, you should have. We no. talk about this every basketball season. You're always like, I don't understand the hair. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like long hair. I don't like it on my basketball team. Well, I saw Isaiah Butcher today, though, man. I talked to the kid. He was out in front of attractions, man. He's he's looking slim. He's He's got a real positive attitude. I told him I was proud of him for working so hard. I've been seeing all the camps he's been going to. So uh, I think uh, I think he's, he's primed for a big year. Let's hope, because if Isaiah Butcher's on, that Athens defense and offense is going to be much better than maybe we think, and that Athens basketball program will be much better as well. And then we possibly think if Isaiah Butcher is locked in uh, for his next season – we just got locked into that interview, long one with Bo Rugg, but let's go ahead and debrief. Ryan, just for me, in terms of listening to the interview, I think that we're sitting among the lines of he thought that this was the best way to draw it, and we think that this is the best way to draw it, obviously, and we think that ours seems obvious because of the drive times. It's also possible that it's it just maybe didn't appear so obvious to everybody else maybe we saw something that that somebody else didn't see with these regions but 
to me, there's nothing. I, I think we can safely say there's nothing conniving. It's not about you know screwing over the Tomcats or the Buckeyes. Worst case, it's an honest mistake. Best case, it's just a misunderstanding or a difference of opinion. Yeah, you know, I I think we 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 reiterate, excuse me, the fact that you know he's got a tough job and and he's got seven different divisions to work through and the teams do change every year and all those types of things. I can relate to all of that that he was kind of explaining to us. You know, what I would like to have happen, and and maybe we can work this out, I, I would like to allow him to take a look at the way we drew it up. And I should say you guys drew it up. I didn't play a part in that. Troy but, drew it up. Uh, Troy drew it up. You know, I would love for him to see that and be able to study that a little bit and come back to us and answer some questions because I just I, I feel like, you know, I'm with you. I'm not. I'm not saying there's a conspiracy here. It's not my point, but I just feel like that there's a very reasonable way that this could have been drawn up, and all of our fans know that. People listening right now, they they understand that, and, and instead, you know, there there was. Frankly, there was some breaking up of some groups of teams that uh, you know probably didn't have to happen, and and that's why we understand the fact that everybody's angry about it. We're we're angry about it. We don't want to have to drive four hours to go and do and do high school games in the first round of the playoffs, you know. So uh, I just I would love to have him back to discuss what Troy was able to put together versus the actual regions that were de- that, that were described to us. Yeah, I probably dropped the ball on that one. I should I should have scanned the map. Uh, and then email that to him before he came on the show, and I didn't do it, and I wish I would have. I probably will go home tonight and do that, and uh, maybe if he emails me back an answer, we can talk about it tomorrow. Uh, that would be interesting because I, it was it was clear as day to me, uh, putting 26 in the bottom right-hand corner, 26 in the left hand, 27 and 27, much the same as it's always been done. It's the same as it's been done in every other uh, region and division uh, right now except for six, and it it kind of blows my mind. And uh, but but your region, like if you just if you draw it right, it just doesn't look right in terms of if you split the state right from quadrant to quadrant. And remember, he said that he says you go right to the middle and you try to draw it horizontal, then try to draw out the regions. And you know your map is just there's a lot of square mileage. Yeah, in but the it's southeast always, corner. It, but it's always but it's been always that way. exactly. Yeah. But it's always been that way. I mean, so he saw where, that map when he did Division Three. He he seen the left hand line go further. I mean, you know, what I used was the district lines. And that would, I just used it as a guide. Yeah. Because they draw up the districts, you know, to somewhat split the number of schools. So it's very simple to kind of evaluate. Um, you know, it's tough. And then, you know, conspiracy theories, if you want to call them that, uh, you know, I've had people approach me and saying, well, they broke it up because of Region 24. It was so loaded. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if I agree with that or not. I just know it's out there. And 24 was loaded. And it was going to be loaded if they arranged it in a way that they've always done and and 21 actually would have been pretty loaded as well but um you know that's it is what it is because if you look at it if you would have done it the way they've always done it you would have had cold water mechanicsburg in one 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 region and norway and Mogador in another you'd have four powerhouses in two separate regions the way they drew it up you have four powerhouses in four different regions setting up what could be an amazing final four as a football fan i think i would i, I don't know i guess it's Guess it's it's would be cool. I mean, of course, I don't, it wouldn't be cool because we want the Tomcats or the Buckeyes in there. But it's set up in a way that you could have theoretically have that Norway and Mogador in one semifinal, Mechanicsburg, Coldwater in the other. No matter what the answer is, um, there is no changing it unless magically Troy sends this email and the OHSA releases yeah. a press release and <laughs> yeah. changes it. Yeah. Which, yeah. if you accomplish that, I'll tell you what. I, I don't know what we'll do if, if you somehow get this changed. But that's I, not I, happening. It's but not I tell you, I would be king. Late. I'd be like the king of southeastern Ohio, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they just put a crown on my head and the whole spang. I mean, every game you went to. I would just wear that crown. You'd wear the crown. <laughs> You'd be the king of Southeast Ohio, without a doubt. Great show today, fellas. Ryan, thanks for joining us. Troy, thank you always. I'm Lucas Moore. We really appreciate you listening to The Sports Fan. This will be live. Don't worry. WXDQ.com slash sports. It's going up. Tyler Corbett is writing a breakdown of the interview. That'll be out sometime tomorrow morning. We're going to start pulling out content on that website. So you want to really start checking out the WXDQ.com slash sports page. Follow our podcast on Spotify. Like us on Facebook. I'm Lucas Moore. This has been The Sports Fan. Big thanks to Bo Rugg for joining us on the program on 970 WATH. In our 69th year of service to Southeast Ohio.